Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Coach Pad has now been around for three seasons and coaches everywhere are saving time and being more efficient when it comes to scout cards. Coach Robinson from Texas says, the thing I most enjoy is the ease of access to all the scout cards and how I can draw on them if I need to make any changes. Every coach that uses it says that it is so great to use. If you and your staff are tired of the old ways of preparing and using scout cards, check out thecoachpad.com to start enjoying scout team and making the 2023 season better than ever. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Gap Downbacker Podcast. Uh, today we have a recurring guest, uh, Coach Scott Leach. He is the strength and conditioning coordinator at the University of Rhode Island. Coach, how you doing? Doing great, man. Just in time for the holidays. Yes, sir. I mean, I mean, this will obviously come out a little bit later, but yeah, I mean, it's great right. season. I leave for Texas tomorrow. Um, obviously, you guys have all your end of the year festivities down there, early signing day, all that lovely jazz. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, I, I, we talked a little bit, and I wanted to get you back on because you've been posting some stuff lately. And just, I wanted to follow up, have some questions, um, kind of, I mean, first thing first, like from where we talked, God, it was what, at this point, it's almost like eight months ago or something like that, six to eight months ago, somewhere in there. Um, where, I mean, how has your strength program evolved over the past six to eight months? Yeah. So, um, trying to think things that we did differently this year in terms of going into preseason, going into camp, going into the season itself. Um, for people that don't follow along, we finished the year seven and four, um, you know, two plays away from a nine and two season. One of those was a two point conversion. We didn't want to go, we played seven overtimes the week before. We didn't want to do that again. So we went for the win. We didn't get it. So that's one, that's one game there. And then the other game was a, uh, you know, a questionable touchdown for the other team. And if those two plays don't go our way, we're nine and two, we're sitting in a first round bye, and we're, we're doing great things. So, you know, could have, would have, should have, but definitely one of our better seasons we've ever had. Um, things that I did differently this year, uh, in terms of preseason camp, uh, you know, we don't do two days or things like that, but we actually took all of the Olympic lifting. We took all the explosive stuff out of camp. Um, it's one of those things we introduced it maybe towards the tail end of camp as we kind of wind it down after our, our second in-house scrimmage, um, but we didn't no loaded jumping, no cleans, things like that. We just kept everything. You know, we hit some strength movements, we hit some feel-good movements. Um, but guy, you know, I think the focus should be on football during that time of the year, and they were so smoked um, that I don't know how much you get out of doing those Olympic lifts and things like that. So that was one big thing we did differently this year with no explosive stuff in camp. Um, and then we did. I think we did a really good job of, of managing our bodies and making sure that our, our our upperclassmen were ready to go. Um, kind of ran some numbers this past year. This year we were heavier um, from start to finish compared to last year. I think we were up, you know, our team average body weight was up about four pounds, um, which as a whole is really good. 
Um, it's even better when your sprint and jump numbers are up as well. So we were jumping higher um, at the start of the year, throughout the year, at the end of the year than we were as a team last year. So we were bigger and we were jumping higher. And um, we look at injury rates based on, you know, when our athletes go into the training room and it, it gets marked down as a uh, treatment session. And we cut that number down, I think it was 23%, um, which is phenomenal, right? So that's, you know, almost 25% less um, times that we've had athletes go in the training room and go in there for treatments and things like that. So to cut that number down, I think it's a holistic approach. I think we practiced a little bit better. I think we brought some better athletes into the equation. You know, maybe training had something to do with it too. <laughs> uh, I mean, and we'll hit on several of those topics because like, I mean, that's part of what I've messaged you about. A lot of those things that you've been posting on the data and stuff. I mean, you mentioned taking explosive Olympic lifts out of camp and that reminded me of a conversation I had with Tommy Moffitt um, and kind of how he does camp or historically had done camp. I mean, where did you draw that? the philosophy from was it just because you saw where your bodies were physically uh was it because there was some research why did you um scale back on what you did in camp i mean i uh, you know i've seen what other people have done I've, I've kept tabs on some other really good programs and uh more importantly i just i listened to our guys and i listened to what was going on and um you know i sat back down i sat with with my assistant and we were thinking about it and you know, we practice in the morning, we might go to eight, eight to 11 or something like that. And then, you know, they have lunch, they have some downtime, they'll come back and lift in the afternoon at three um, or four 30, kind of depending on if it's offense or defense. And we're just thinking there, like, you know, we got to warm them back up. We really got to get them back going again, just to do some Olympic lifts. But like, is that getting washed out by the three hours of practice, the two to three hours sitting down in meetings and film? And, uh, you know, is it really making an impact? And we're just questioning that. Like, I don't know. I don't, you know, I think they're just not that there's smoke, but like there's a lot going on in our camp. And uh, I don't think my three sets of three on hand clean were really uh, moving the needle. And if it's not going to move the needle, why are we doing it? Um, you know, during the season, different story, right? Practices kind of scale down a little bit relatively to what you do during camp. Um, and you can see some adaptation. You can see some changes. You can see the impact of, of training in the weight room during the season. Um, so we we introduced it towards the end of camp and made it you know still a thing in season. Um, one thing that we did differently this year too, just because we did so much sprinting in the off season, we did a lot of resisted sprinting um, as an explosive movement in its own category. You know, we have our, our A1 and our A2 are paired together and then your B1 is your main lift or whatever. We would do like a chain resisted five, 10 yard sprint as uh, one of our explosive movements. And I honestly think keeping some sort of sprinting in throughout the week is partially why our, our reported hamstrings was so much better. We had two um, people go to the training room for hamstrings this year. One was a freshman at the end of uh, summer camp, and he was just kind of doing a little maintenance thing. Um, he didn't miss any practice for it, didn't miss any anything because of that. The other one was a fifth-string walk-on linebacker who on our bye week, we threw him into a, a JV scrimmage. Um, and he didn't think he was ever going to see the field. So um, if those are my only two hamstrings over an entire season, I'll take it. Uh, I wish it didn't happen either guy, but it is what it is. Um, and I think part of that is is making sprinting a priority, even during the season. So Now, now the other thing you mentioned is, is like, and the one thing that really caught my eye, and I don't know if you have the reasoning yet, What and you mentioned a little bit already, is the injury reduction. I mean, I, like, I mean, 
any high school, college, NFL, I mean, professional, I don't care what sport you are. I mean, anytime you can, I mean, let's be honest, availability is the biggest thing we need as sport coaches. Like I don't, it does, that, the end all be all is I need my athletes available. And you, again, you reduce injuries by, I think you said like 23%. How, I, I mean, do you have a reasoning yet as you look at the data? Is there, is it because of what lifts you did? Is it how you loaded and deloaded? Like, why do you think you had an injury reduction? It's a total package, right? I think it's a year long commitment to kind of training this holistic way of, you know, we're not just going to bang heavyweights. We're going to sprint. We're going to jump. We're going to lift. We're going to do mobility. The total package I think is big. This year we did a full, full year, you know, from our winter break to our summer, all the way through our season um, is a commitment to that lifestyle. The other piece to it too is, is we have guys who understand how to take care of their bodies better, um, you know, are coming in to actually roll and stretch and do those extra things on their own are going into the training room multiple times a day to get in the ice bath, get into the compression pants, whatever it may be. Um, and then part of it is we're, you know, continually looking at our practice and how can we make our practice plans better? Um, you know, where can we give our starters a little extra breathing room? Where can we pull the pads off? Um, we pulled the pads off earlier this year than we did the year before. And, uh, you know, at some point you gotta, you gotta make sure you can still bang, but you know, we play in one of the hardest conferences in one double a now, now the other thing, like, I mean, there's a lot of ways now, actually, before we move on, you mentioned also there like fixing practice schedules. So how much do you talk with your head coach? And I mean, regarding practice schedules and where people's bodies are. So, one thing I, I was able to do this year, I got 10 GPS units um, from a parent, actually. They own a gym. They let they let us borrow uh, 10 GPS units. We just started collecting that information. At first, I didn't say anything either because um, I don't want to, after one day, decide, all right, this is what we're doing wrong. Like, I don't know. Um, but we compared, you know, one week to the next week to the next week, and we started seeing certain trends. You know, we played a seven overtime game in the middle of the year. Um, even if you don't have GPS data, just count the number of snaps that people played. Um, and on our defense, we had, I think it was like 125% of an average game. So they played with seven overtimes. They played 25% more snaps than they normally do. <laughs> I don't need GPS to tell me they, you know, we need to make some adjustments the next week. So um, just having those conversations and saying, all right, you know, these are our high snap guys. Um, this is how many yards they run. Cause you'd be surprised in a game, how many yards people actually cover um, and just, you know, start making small little tweaks. Like, does this guy need every single rep of every single thing? He knows what he's doing. Um, you know, we're not making too many changes. Can we give him some mental reps and let somebody else kind of take a blow? Can we take him off special teams? Do we need him on there? Or can we get somebody else on there? Um, tweaks like that go a long way. So those are kind of the conversations we had. And it's, it's slow and steady. You know, it's not, I'm not trying to overhaul things overnight. I'm not the football coach, right? So I'm not going to come in here and tell you how to do your job, but I am going to tell you what I see yeah. and what I think might help. And it might, it might not. And if you trust me, great. If you don't trust me, that's okay too. But. Yeah. Now, now kind of, I mean, obviously you got those 10 from a parent, but I think when we talked in the spring, I think, or early summer, I forget when we last talked, but we talked a little bit about GPS and how you that would be an ideal thing for you because you, I mean, mm -hmm. look at data and all that and judge yep. what program is. So going forward, I mean, how do you plan on using GPS? Are you trying to get more uh, units? Like where, I mean, for you, I mean, obviously you're not like the 
you don't have the budget that say an LSU an Alabama has obviously, but I mean, obviously if something works, you're going to fight to either boosters or whoever to get the resources you need. Um, especially if you can prove that it's useful. Like what is your plan for GPS going forward? I, I love this phrase. I, I heard it uh, on a job interview once and it's, I would describe myself as aggressively patient. <laughs> I know what I want. I know it's going to help us, but I want it done in the right way. Yeah. I think I could pull the trigger right now and buy GPS units if I wanted to. I don't want to do that at the sacrifice of my entire budget for the rest of the year. You know, there are, there are severe needs that we need to take care of in our department first and foremost. So I'm going to patiently play this game and I'm going to make sure we get the funding and make sure it's long-term too. I don't want to get GPS units this year and then not have funding next year for the uh, cloud-based service to keep it running. Cause then we're just going to have a box collecting dust. I don't want that. So okay. my, my strategy, my approach is to be aggressively patient. And uh, one, when I commit to something, when I decide this is important, we need this people understand. Okay. Like he, he means business. Let's go for it. So um, playing the long game here, trying to do it the right way. Okay. Now the other thing is, I, I, I mean, I got three more topics that we kind of I want kind of hit on before we go. One, um, you mentioned the data about you guys getting heavier and stronger throughout the season, um, which kind of goes against the old adage amongst football coaches of maintaining instead of growing. And I think there's been a slow ch change in how uh, strength conditioning coaches do it to, to where they're still getting stronger or. Um, and keeping weight on during the season. Do you want to kind of talk about what you did to kind of maintain and, and really start growth during the season? Um, so to clarify, like we started the year at about maybe a team average 230 pounds. We finished the year at about 226. So we did slowly lose some weight over the course of the season. But I think last year we started the year at 225. We finished the year at 220. So we're about four to five pounds heavier than the year before. Um, it's a hard thing, especially for – um, our skill players, right? Our skill players are so hesitant to put on some weight, put on some size because they think it's going to make them slow. Um, and part of it is maybe they've had training in the past that has done that to them. You know, they put on a lot of weight and it hasn't been in the right places or it hasn't been productive and uh, it has slowed them down. So getting over that feeling, you know, we had a, a as a junior, he was an all American corner at 170 pounds, you know, NFL guys talking to him and they said, he's not going to play at the NFL at 170. Um, so we made a commitment to to put a little bit of size on. So once you play at 180, and then by the time you go to a pro day, you'll have about eight months to get ready for it. So you'd be close to 190 by then. I think you'd have a better shot. Uh, but this is a guy that is extremely fast, extremely twitchy, 42-inch vertical jump at 170. And he didn't want to lose those qualities because those are what made him really good at what he does. Uh, but it's a commitment. It's a trust of, you know, if you continue to, to train the right way, and I'm never going to not give you the right training, um, you're going to be in a better spot. You're going to be stronger, bigger, better, all those things. And uh, he played the year at 180, and he still jumped 42, 43-inch vertical jump. He's a freak. Um, and it's, it's across the board. Some people are scared to do that, and you just need to trust it. But at the same time, I think that should be the natural progression of your program. Your freshmen, sophomores, juniors should naturally try and get a little bit bigger from year to year. Um, Ideally, your team average as the result goes up. I think at some point we'll kind of stall out um, as we have, you know, four years worth of kids in the system. Like I said, this has been the first full 365 uh, 
training this way. So give me a couple of years and I don't think my results are going to be as good. Everyone will call me a failure, but um, yeah. you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Now, now the other thing I wanted to hit on it, because I mean, and I get college is different. Um, and, and really when you have voluntary quote unquote workouts at the college level, the expectations, you're still pretty much there. I get that. Like it's, it's a different atmosphere, but still, I mean, when you, you want to get, it's, it's still not everybody's going to do it. And, and the other part is, you got to convince them to be there. And um, I think that's one of the biggest things high, some high school struggle with. So how do you, I mean, obviously again, college is a little different, but how do you build those relationships and how do you get kids into the weight room? Cause like I said, I think you said, I don't know, it was like 50, 60, 70%, like the week after the season ended, I think I saw you put on Twitter, mm-hmm. like how are you getting your kids in the weight room when it is a voluntary session? So, so I'm big on this because some people, you know, they say after the season that it's voluntary with a wink wink and an air quotes and a it's voluntary you know what I mean and uh, I don't necessarily agree with that I think we've had these kids on campus since August and if you take a step back further if they're here in the summer they've been here since the end of May Um, we've structured every single part of their day from May until now this is the first time they get a chance to slow down maybe actually make sure academics are a priority again and just just decompress a little bit because once they come back in January, we own their schedule from January until they leave in May. And if they don't go home and they stay for the summer, then we own them from January until Thanksgiving again. So I I, I make it a point, like it it is voluntary. Um, That being said, I want to make this a place where you want to come in and get better. So we will sit down. I do body fat testing with every guy after the season. Um, I think it's important just to see where we're at and we'll do it again before they leave for the summer. Um, But the other thing we'll do during that meeting is we'll talk about uh, maybe some training goals or just kind of where their head's at going into the offseason. Um, I use relative strength standards for bench press and squat and some vertical jump numbers, some jump numbers. And, uh, you know, we'll sit down and talk about them and say, you know, what are these goals for you? What are you trying to achieve? Um, I ask three questions to them and their position coach. I ask, you know, what do you want to play at next year? Body weight wise. I ask, uh, you know, what do you physically need to work on? Um, you know, that's on the field, that's in the weight room, that's position specific. You can go any direction you want with that. And then um, how do you want me to coach you in the off season? You know, and, and great example, I had a tight end tell me, uh, and he's, you know, great guy. You know, he's kind of the kind of the clown of the group a little bit. And uh, he said, he, I want to be treated like a leader. And I was like, Okay, if you want to be treated, I will absolutely treat you like a leader. So he's the guy, whenever he's in, I'm asking him, you know, are you making sure all these guys are cleaning their weights up? He's like, why do I have to be that guy? I said, you told me you wanted to be a leader this offseason. So um, they understand that that everything I'm doing is for them. Um, they understand that this program is designed in this, this voluntary time to get them ready for winter workouts. Um, we do a couple of different programs. So if you played a lot and you're beat up, I'm not going to give you the same program as the red shirt freshman who didn't play. Um, if you're a red shirt freshman who didn't play and you're a little upset about that and you're chomping at the bits, then yeah, your program's going to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, but again, that's what you want. That's your goal. So I'm going to give you what you need to do to reach your goals. And I think it's a trust thing. They understand that, you know, I have their best interest in mind. Um, the other thing I do too is some coaches – you know, you get to after Thanksgiving and it's like, oh, I can take a break. You know, I finally get some downtime. I don't have to be in the office seven days a week. Um, 
I try not to, you know, I keep my foot on the gas. I want to keep texting these kids. I want to keep checking in on them. I want to keep making sure that, you know, if they didn't come in, you know, are they, are they going to the other gym later? Are they making a plan to come in tomorrow? Um, you know, if, if they tell me they want to come in at a certain time, they don't come in. I ask them, you know, where are you? Cause I care about them. And, you know, I think it's easy to take your foot off the gas during this time of the year. So close to the holidays, so close to, to a nice break and get away. Um, I don't take my foot off until every kid's off campus. <laughs> and even still, I'm checking on them over break, right? So you never take your foot fully off the gas. Yeah. Um, all of those things have helped. Yeah. And, and, so, and then my last question for you is because you, I mean, we had this discussion, I think, yesterday. And this is part of the reason why we had to figure out our schedule. And um, the other thing is it's it's a big, important thing for you is you're, hi- you're in the process of hiring, I think, at least one new assistant um, yep. in charge of several things. Um, so, I mean, and, I, and I've had some interesting conversations so far this offseason with some guys on hiring and how they approach it. How, and, and like I said, you've mentioned this is an important hire for you because it could either make your life easier or make it a lot more stressful. I mean, I, and that's true. True. I mean, especially as every coach, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, but I, mean, I mean, I think you're posting at them. They're, they're in charge of like four or five sports. So, I mean, like, I mean, it's that's an important thing at a college level. So kind of, I mean, like what, how are you handling or going through the hiring process, evaluating candidates? Is there anything unique you're asking them for? So like I had a buddy who, um, and it'll be on our, our podcast. That'll be before this. He talks about when he interviewed DCs, he had, he narrowed it down to like eight and had them all submit video. Um, he gave them like three topics and they didn't know it. they needed to go research it. And it needed to be, and he had, he kept, you had to keep those three, explain all three in under 10 minutes. Yeah. And like, he wanted detail. So like, I mean, he's very specific on what he wanted. It's like, so what, how are you, and, and I, yours is maybe not that way, but like, how are you approaching it? What are you looking for? How, what questions are you asking? Like, I mean, kind of, how are for you? Sure. Philosophy? So, so one thing I made a point of this time around, um, and I'm guilty of this, it's just, you know, I got an open position. All right, let me call my friends and say, all right, you got, you got anybody for me. Let's make this quick. Let's make this painless. You know, I trust my friends, whatever my friends say, go. Um, but that's one thing we talk about in this industry that is frustrating, right? You're trying to crack your 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 foot in the door. You're trying to get in and it's all about who you know. And I've been there, right? I've applied for jobs and I don't know anyone there and I never even get a call back. Um, so I, I was, as much as it's a lot more work on my end, I've made it a point that anybody that applies, they're going to get at least a phone call from me um, or at the very least a very detailed email. And, you know, I'm going to talk to them because I think if you took the time to imagine yourself at URI and say, all right, I could make this work. And then, you you know, change your resume, change your cover letter, you make that fit. Then I, I owe you that. I owe you at least a conversation, not just an automated email. Um, in terms of like challenges or things like that, I, you know, I don't do too much of that stuff. Send me your resume, send me your cover letter, send me your interest will say a lot about you, you know, if you do things the right way and you send a nice polite email, you send everything I ask for, um, you're quick to respond, you're quick to schedule a phone interview. Um, those things speak to me, right? And and I can read a cover letter. I've done this enough. I, I can tell when you have a cover letter and all you did was change the school out and then submit it. Like you changed, all right, go Eagles and you switch it to go Rams. Okay, cool. I Trust me, I know how to play the game. Um, I see past those things. The other thing too is like, I can figure out real quick if you can coach or not. I may ask you to send a program um, and I can tell, right? It's, it's again, not hard, but at the same time, I care more about the person, 
because that's the most important. I can teach you how to coach. I can, I can, I also want somebody who's independent and I hopefully don't have to teach them, but um, if you're not a good person, you're not a good person. That's the most important thing. So a lot of my questions are, how do you handle your business? How sincere is your interest? Um, how quick are you to re reply and respond? Basically, like, are you really imagining yourself in these shoes? Is this really what you want? And um, I feel that out over time. If people start calling me on your behalf out of nowhere, then that means you talk to them about it. You said, man, I would love to go to Rhode Island. I'd love to, you know, I don't know anything about it, but I've done my research. I started, you know, going on Instagram and Twitter and, and it, they look like they're on the rise. And again, you started telling other people about how you fit into that story. So that means this is important to you, right? And I can, I can find that out. I can feel that out. Um, the big question I asked this time around to everybody was um, the most important thing to me is, is clarity on, on who you are, who you're trying to be, where you're trying to go in this field and how this all fits in, how Rhode Island fits into that story. You know, tell me the story of, of what's going on here. And not just, you know, I, I want to be a, a power five football guy and a chance to work with FCS football is a step in the way. Um, Cause that you can do that anywhere, but you know, tell me a story about how you want to be at Rhode Island, how, you know, you've seen what our staff is doing. You've seen the rise. Um, you think you can bring a lot to the table. Um, you can take some work off my plate and, you know, you want to fall in love with the place and, and, you know, it's going to be hard to see you leave, but your goals are bigger than, than Rhode Island and someday you want to go. If that's your plan, great. If you tell me you want to be here for 10 years and you, and you never want to leave, that's great too. As long as I know what your plan is with clarity, then I can mentor you and guide you and get you to your goal. But if you don't know what your goal is, you don't know what your story is that you're trying to tell, it's hard for me to help you. Yeah, I get it. No, that's, that's great, coach. Like, seriously, and like, I, I kind of see, I know your point. Like, where it's high school, college, it's, it's like, it's who you know half the time. And, like it's not. It sometimes it's sometimes it's a great asset. Other times it kind of sucks when there's a job you really want and you just don't know anybody over there. And um, so it is what it is. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you this. I think some of my best applicants this time around, I had no idea who they were. Literally no connection. They they saw it on social media or a friend saw it and told them about it. Um, but if if I just leaned on my friends, I would have missed out on some really good candidates. So shame on me for not doing this sooner. You know. Yeah. I mean, kind of to your point, though, it's, it's easy, though, when you know somebody and they might have somebody that's good, but it is what it is. Like, yeah, so, I know. Well, coaches, uh, one, give him a follow on Twitter. I mean, that's the least you can do. Check out his stuff because he puts out some good data and other things to think about. I mean, that's part of the reason why I'd coach on here. Um, Big winter coming up, too. I'm, I'm going to try and do my best to do a better job this winter, putting stuff out constantly. Well, like I said, like I said, I I mean, I just kind of thought of having you on just because you posted stuff like the past two, three weeks. Like I'd seen the hiring thing, okay, but then I saw the rest of it. Whereas, okay, here's some data. Here's mm -hmm. we reduced injuries. So that like made me want to at least ask you why and why you thought it, and um, at least creates a conversation. Um, so again, coaches, make sure you follow his stuff. Um, like, share, subscribe. Check out our sponsor, Coach Pad. Uh, check out the Patreon. All that lovely jazz. Um, and then that was another episode of the Gap Down Backer Podcast. <laughs>